You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars, etc. Star Wars: Tales of the Jedi is a new anthology series created by Dave Filoni, the Godfather of modern Star Wars. The series explores different Jedi characters from the prequel trilogy era. There are six episodes split into two paths: the first following Ahsoka across various points of her life, and the other depicting a younger Count Dooku before he fell to the dark side of the Force. The series is a continued enhancement of the animation style that began with the Clone Wars in 2008 and has come a long, long way in its quality. I am T.C. DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by my fellow Jedi Council members, Bradley. Hello! Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane, I am. And Melina. Hello there. (laughs) Very good. Someone had to do it. Someone had to do it. But greetings, my friends. How did we feel about this New expansion to the Star Wars universe. Eh. No, I'm just kidding. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, really? Nope, not even to keep you all in suspense. I loved it. (laughs) Well, this does very much feel like a couple missing episodes from the Clone Wars. There's nothing truly new explored here. It's an era that we've spent a lot of time in. Well, not necessarily. It is pre-Clone Wars, and then we do get some overlap with the Episode 1, 2, and 3 storylines. But I I can accept some of the veiled criticism that we just keep playing with the same characters in the same area of the sandbox. And it's starting to rub some people a little bored, I suppose. That's like, okay, so we're, we're here again. Okay, more stuff. Yeah, we, we know the destination and life and times of all these characters, which is the problem with prequels. However, if you like this era of Star Wars, this is some fun stuff. I thought it was great to, as you said, backfill. Because, you know, we don't know a lot of Count Dooku. Just what we see in the films, but we don't know what he was like when he was younger. And that's what we're getting Mm -hmm. here. And the same with Ahsoka. We're learning, I mean, gosh, we go all the way back 
to like her first day yeah, on the, the whatever planet birth, she right? was from. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was interesting. And this is exploring some ground that the novels, the canonical novels have been exploring, especially with Dooku and Ahsoka, who are very ripe characters. There's a lot to explore within both of them because they don't follow, at least truly follow the Sith side and the Jedi side. They come from very gray perspectives. So it is interesting to see the paths that these characters took to get where we so know them. Well, yeah, I think that my favorite thing about this series was, yes, this is treading familiar territory. I mean, Dave Filoni has spent the bulk of his career adding context to the prequels and kind of, in a way, making them better than they themselves ever were. No kinda at all. He is definitely making the prequels better. (laughs) I was was being kind, Um, but... (laughs) I mean, after the sequel trilogy, I gained a whole new respect for the prequels. But the thing with the prequels and a character like Count Dooku, I like that we get to see, for a character that we got to see explored so much throughout episodes two and three, or at the beginning of season three, but then we got to see him explored so deeply throughout the Clone Wars, it's amazing to think that there was still a lot of ground to be covered with his his arc, his descent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that this show takes a character like him, makes him much more of a tragic figure than we ever would have seen him. And it also helps to kind of show the difference in his disillusionment and eventual separation from the Jedi and Ahsoka Tano's. Mm -hmm. But we know that side of her story already. So what we're seeing are bookends with her, whereas his story is a lot more meaty in terms of how much it's going to affect who we see him as when episode two rolls around. And I think this is the star Wars that might be satisfying to the people who aren't liking the live action stuff that Disney's doing. I'm a fan of all star Wars. It's all pizza to me. I'm going to like it no matter what flavor it is, (laughs) but I think this will be more comfortable for people who aren't impressed or loving what we're getting with and or hmm, swoon and some of the other live action (laughs) stuff. But I wonder, and there might not be an answer for this, why are the fandom menace <laughs> of Star Wars more forgiving of the animated stuff than the live action stuff? Because if they were expanding this stuff, live action characters portrayed by different actors, you know there'd be some arm crossing and harumphing and Bleh, I don't like this. Because there's no satisfying some Star Wars fans. But it seems that animation allows more fans to access it and be okay with it. I don't know if there's a, a question there or an answer to what I just said. <laughs> I'm sure there is a very complex, multifaceted answer to that. <laughs> a bunch of man babies. And I bet Bradley has it. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you had the, uh, what was that short series called when it was, hey, remember when Lucas was obsessed with Kurosawa? So he made oh, these. Visions. <laughs> these, yeah, Star Wars movies. Let's be obsessed with Kurosawa again and make some Star Wars visions. Or at least one of the Star Wars visions was very kurosawa inspired and i loved it Mm -hmm. the animation here is incredibly lame by those standards but it blends in well with the bad batch and i guess if you're just gonna watch the clone wars so that surprised me about six episodes like really this is the quality of animation we're only getting six not like 25 Mm. it's pretty a pretty standard star wars looking cartoon Well, I mean, I've watched all of the Clone Wars, and so to me, I didn't have a problem with the animation because I'm just so used to that style. I honestly 
given that style, I think this is the best we've ever seen it. Absolutely. By, I think, a sizable margin. The characters still have the DNA of how they looked in the original seasons of that show, where they almost looked like wood carvings mixed with an acrylic yeah. painting. Yeah. But here, it's like hmm. there's more emotionality to their looks. Their movements are a lot more fluid. Uh, I don't know if they were using motion capture the same way that they were using for the action scenes in the later seasons of that show. But another thing that looked absolutely gorgeous to me here were the, the backgrounds. Everything mm -hmm. here just looked like this incredible painting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, if you compare the a screen grab from the Clone Wars movie that came out in 2008, which is season one of the show, to this, yeah. it's like looking at the first Toy Story and Toy Story 4 in the level of detail. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, not even an exaggeration. When we put the first episode on, um, as soon as it started, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> My husband was like, right? Because he watched it ahead of time. How dare he? <laughs> and it, it was just beautiful. I mean, it's, it's like cinematic compared to old Clone Wars. The lighting was beautiful. I mean, they just looked really amazing. But I see where you're coming from, Bradley, in terms of being unimpressed by the animation you called it lame oh, yes. but i very much so i see yeah. where you're coming from because this is a style of animation that rubbed people the wrong way when it was started in 2008 it does have that wood carving it's a great description of it melina and it moves a bit stiffly and that has been refined over time the bad batch being the most recent cartoon series and now this you can see it getting better and better while still maintaining that original look of it so if you weren't on board for the look of it okay. from the get-go, you're not going to be impressed here because it's just more of what is relatively the same. So I understand that criticism yeah. very much. Okay, so. and I could understand you explain that because I've seen the please watch these episodes of the Clone Wars list, mm -hmm. you know, like the top 10 best episodes of the Clone Wars. <laughs> and I've watched those. I've played the uh, Zen Pinball Clone Wars pinball table, so I'm pretty sure I'm all cut up on the story based on that. <laughs> It's an incredible yeah. table. I'm not making a it's joke all here. Canon. I love that It's table. all canon. Yeah. I know about Captain Rex and mm -hmm. Commander Cody and how they would never participate in Order 66. <laughs> That's what I know most about the fandom based on Clone Wars is things like that. Yeah. Pretty sure Cody shot at Obi-Wan though, right? In episode three. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Terrible, yeah. terrible business that genocide. <laughs> He overcame his programming. Another deep dive. <laughs> We're talking about the animation, and that is something that, like you said, that was jarring in, at the start of the Clone Wars. It was people's, one of their main criticisms. And as it went along, I think what helped is that, A, you got used to that, but you also kept going because the scripts definitely got better. The storytelling yeah. got a lot more mature. And mm -hmm. I think that sitting down to watch this, just from you know the first few minutes of the first episode, I was like, this is the greatest that the animation has ever been. And even if it wasn't, even if it is still a little wonky, the storytelling here is incredibly strong. Yeah, These are bookends to major plot points for major characters. But I think what makes them work is that they add depth. Dave Filoni only continues to add depth and context to characters that as well as you think you may know them, when you watch these scenes and go rewatch those iconic moments with them, you're going to look at them in a way that feels more realized. You're like, wow, there are aspects to you, especially Dooku, mm -hmm. that just feel so tragic to me now, mm -hmm. especially knowing your eventual fate. Yeah. In the 
first of his episodes, I kind of agree with him. You know, the Jedi are pawns of the Senate, you know, and you could see where he was going with that. And you're like, yeah, all right. And then, you know, <laughs> later on, I don't want to get any spoilers, but then you're like, okay, now that's, now you've gone too far. I was with you for the beginning there, but no. You chose the yeah. wrong solution to a serious problem. Right. And, and I think that's where yeah. you feel the worst for him. Yeah. I mean, and he knew it too. I mean, he he was on the fence, I think, for a second there and then just thought, you know what? I've come this far. I've just got to go. I, I can't not do it. And, you know, yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's tragic. I never yeah. would have expected of all characters for me to start liking Count Dooku <laughs> right. as a character. Like if you go take me back 10, 15 years, I'd be like, Dooku, whatever. Should have been Darth Maul. Oh. <laughs> oh, this guy. He's like added nuances to the character. I'm like, man, it's kind of, like that's what Floyd right. does. Is he just keeps filling in the gaps in all these stories to improve what he started with. It's, it's quite an interesting building of a universe. And I, I hope that we get more Tales of the Jedi like this for other points in the Star Wars timeline. Oh yeah, most yes. important. Sure. The current, the the furthest down the timeline, we'll call the sequel trilogy, will be improved. I know some people will find that wild to hear, but I guarantee what we've seen happen to those prequels, for as divisive as they were, with stuff like this and all the stuff that Filoni and his friends have been responsible for, we're gonna get for the sequel trilogy. So something like this, little stories, little tales of the Jedi, much like the expanded lore EU books that we used to get, I would love to see more of this. Yeah. I've, I've recommended a book to many of friends called From a Certain Point of View, which tells New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi from tertiary background characters in chronological order for every key moment in the original trilogy. And diving into that well and pulling those stories into something like this would be a lot of fun, but I kind of feel like animation, like visions, like changing up the animation as opposed to just sticking with the Clone Wars style animation would make this more interesting as a product, as a series. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. In a certain point of view. <laughs> Your favorite character, Brad, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Just do you remember? I mean, how much people hated Ahsoka? Like oh, she during was the beginning of the Clone when they Wars, released her. Yeah. They oh, yeah. hated her. Yeah, she released she was released in a, one of those movies, right? With yep. the um yep. with the Capote hut. Yeah. With the with the hutlet? Yeah. 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 And, yeah like, hey, missing my baby hut. Everyone was kinda like unanimously, we don't want you, you little brat. <laughs> like we want Right. They, <laughs> she was super bratty. And now she's beloved. Everybody I wants would... to see her in the live action show. I mean, she's getting, I mean, she, you know, her own show. Yeah. I wonder which fandom would win in a fight, Ahsoka Tano's fan base or Mara Jade's fan base? Because I think Ahsoka is now more famous and more popular than Mara Jade was with the old. I agree people. with that. I think yeah. everyone would agree with that. I have that. a hard time remembering who <laughs> Mara Jade even is. There you go. <laughs> Flashback when they made the original Clone Wars movie and how obscure and kind of despised Ahsoka Tana was. Now she's like a costume that you can find absolutely anywhere. People who aren't even as familiar with people who aren't have not seen a lot of the Clone Wars yeah. know who she is. My dog dressed up as Ahsoka Tana for Halloween this year. Like everyone's a fan of her. Pulled it off too. <laughs> I think we could wrap up into some final thoughts here instead of continuing to just discuss it and dissect it. Because what's here is short. 
the runtime on this, they're like 15 minute episodes. You could knock this out in one sitting before you finished a bowl of, well, no, a box of cereal. Let's, let's be honest here. <laughs> but this is very, very digestible. Yeah. You could, you could watch this in one sitting. So there's only so much we can say here before we start getting into like super detailed stuff and then thus saving the trouble of having to watch the thing. So let me guide this ship over to the star lane that brings us to final thoughts. So Sarah Jane, why don't you go first? Okay. I will go first. Again, I really thought this was great. This is one of the Star Wars things that if you haven't seen anything else, you can't start here because you will be lost. (laughs) Absolutely. On the very last episode, there was such a weird uh, jarring end from the, the penultimate scene to the last scene that for a second I didn't know what was happening or where I was. My husband's like, oh, it's this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So... It, you know, don't start here. Go watch other things because you won't know. But again, it looks amazing. I, I'm just going to go to my score. I'm going to give this eight yaddles because, I mean, it's yaddle. <laughs> there it's, can only be one yaddle. I know. Voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard. I just looked that up and I was yeah. shocked. I'm like, oh, wow, that was cool. Anyway, uh, eight yaddles uh, out of ten. There you go. Bradley. Yes, thank you. So Star Wars as a whole, it's always hit or miss for me. I always divide it into three generations. You know, you have the prequel generation where Jedi are sellout religious cops that protect the special interests of the corporate elite. Um, You have the Jedi when I was a little kid, you know, which is a mystic race of ancient people who may or may not have superpowers. Nobody knows. (laughs) And then, you know, the Jedi where my kids went and saw these type of movies for the first time with Rey. And that Jedi is anybody can be a Jedi if you just want to help others. Which brings me to my final thoughts. I love Ahsoka. As a character, you three have no freaking idea how elated <laughs> I am to see Ahsoka. As a little kid, like I'll say, Luke was like my hero. Like, yay, Luke, don't murder your dad. I like that ending, you know. <laughs> so I can definitely relate to that. But as an adult man, I'm like, yeah, Ahsoka, kick ass, be awesome, and freaking be a hero. So much of the prequel problems that Filoni has fixed is, well, where's where are these trifling people at? Stop Invader if they know everything about him. Why is Obi-Wan sitting in a hole somewhere? Why is Yoda all like, just <laughs> who the heck knows when Vader's in trouble? And I love what Filoni has done to fill in those gaps. But my favorite is Ahsoka. Like, where's Ahsoka? Why isn't she going after her master? Because she's out actually helping real people because the galaxy is freaking huge. And she's a superhero, and I am so happy that my daughters and my sons have these heroes to look up to. Ahsoka, amazing. I pretty much agreed with everything Dooku says, as you may have heard in my rant about the corporate elite and how they serve those interests. They pretty much elected a emperor, the Jedi did, so... No one deserves what they got, of course, fictional or otherwise. That's horrible. Murder is always wrong. But, yeah, not a fan of the Jedi and the prequels. Love Ahsoka, though. Amazing character. I can't believe she came from those stories and just continues to improve. So excited for that standalone series. I say watch this as a prequel to get hyped for more Ahsoka. And I'll give it 7 out of 10. 
out of 10. <laughs> Melina. Um, well, I agree with Sarah that I absolutely highly recommend this, but specifically to people who are very familiar with this particular part of Star Wars lore, like you said, this is not the place to begin. I am fairly confident that there are entire episodes of this that will really ring hollow and actually kind of confusing to you if you are not familiar with the bigger picture that surrounds them, particularly Ahsoka's penultimate episode, which even I had to kind of go back and re-examine where this was supposed to be in terms of her timeline. And once I was refreshed mm -hmm. on that, that final scene with her rang so much more emotional and powerful. But if you're not familiar with it, then you're just going to be sitting there like, well, what the fuck even happened? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, to put it as... Uh, <laughs> You know, to put it as cleanly as I can. I absolutely love this, too. I think that if you are a fan of the lore that Filoni has worked so hard to build on and improve upon, then I think this is absolutely going to be something that's up your alley. We get some great character study here for Ahsoka but, and Dooku, but we also get some more tangential uh, exploration of characters like, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn and how... His relationship with Dooku will later affect him. I think that the, every single one of these episodes had me wanting to go back and watch certain episodes. Every episode with Dooku, I was like, oh my god, I, go, I have to go back and watch episode one. I gotta go back and I gotta watch The Clone Wars. With Ahsoka's episodes, especially her final, I was like, I have to now go read the book. I have Because <laughs> there's just so much to expound upon, and there's so much that this adds beautiful context to. And wow, I thought that this was just a lot of fun. I thought it was just as long as it needed to be. I can't wait for a second season where I hope we get to see more of the Jedi characters explored. Please give me a Saj Ventress, please. Oh my God, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love her. Just from a technical so standpoint, great. I thought this was absolutely beautiful. Uh, Kevin Kilner's score. Holy shit. Probably one of the most inspired Star Wars scores I've heard in a while. And this is the same year that John Williams got to score one. <laughs> if you are a fan, I think you owe this to yourself. Uh, so I'm going to give this nine and a half out of ten totally badass babies. <laughs> yes. Totally badass babies. There you go. Well, I, I'm going to echo a lot of what my friends are saying here. This is Star Wars. I think you know if you're a fan of Star Wars or not. If you have a chip on your shoulder because you don't like the direction Disney has taken, blah, 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 Kathleen Kennedy, blah, blah, like, just, just stop. Why are you torturing yourself? This is supposed to be fun, and this is fun. This is great expansion of the lore. And I'm with Bradley. Like, Ahsoka is one of the greatest Star Wars characters ever created. And outside of lucas like he didn't play a huge part in crafting this character she she was born out of a love of star wars and to see more of her story here is great and and to see more of dooku as well like i said i never would have thought i'd like dooku more as a character <laughs> like but here we are uh so yeah i i absolutely recommend this if you're a star wars fan because of everything it does the the fun you can have with this and yeah, it, maybe it's not deep, expansive exploration of, of areas we've needed to see, but it's just enough fun little stuff that I, I just think this is a place that a lot of Star Wars fans should enjoy, and, and I'm glad to have it here. And I want to, uh, Melina recommended the book as well, E.K. Johnson's Ahsoka book is outstanding. It is one of the best EU books that has been produced. 
I highly recommend the audiobook, which Ashley Eckstein does the narration for, so you can Ooh, listen to yeah. Ahsoka herself. It is a very, very, very good book, and mm, sprinklings of that book are in the last episode of this season of Tales of the Jedi. So, seriously, more Ahsoka. Let's. I, I'm I'm ready for this show as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> I had fun with this. This this is great. I love visiting this galaxy far, far away, and I'll continue to do so. And I'm going to give this a nine out of ten blasters set to stun. <laughs> so, what did you think of the? The Jedi Kobayashi Maru. What? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Bradley. You cannot mix lores. That would be like having the director of Star Trek direct a Star Wars movie. Oh, wait. <laughs> Hyperdrive beats the warp core. Just deal with it. 